0: It is, whoa, it is day. I was going to say September, October the 5th, 2020, a historic day for a lot of reasons, one reason, two games a monday night football that doesn't happen two major league baseball playoff games were on and normally when this happens WWE usually pretty much craps the bed but hot damn was i wrong tonight they delivered, ladies and gentlemen. This doesn't happen often, but WWE did some good tonight. I am Stephen Milhausen, writer for Sporting News and Zone. Daryl Rivera will be joining me in a quick moment. But WWE stepped up tonight. I was impressed. I'll say it right off the bat. I was impressed, and everything in between. And we'll get into all the happenings. We'll give all the layers to a very entertaining Monday Night Raw. But we'll start with everything. If you're watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Live a reaction to the video. Good, bad, or indifferent. Preferably a thumbs up. But if thumbs down, angry, ha-ha, hey, we're down for the cause for that as well. If you're watching on Facebook, on don't forget, like and follow the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple. Subscribe to the channel and just click that like button and tell everyone you know, just subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club. It's the right way to go. Follow the path. Don't be unlike that ingrate Murphy. Join the Messiah. Join the train. It'll be worth it. I promise. But a very interesting Monday Night Raw. I was thoroughly entertained, as as you should have been as well. So, plain and simple. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we're gonna leave a quick, simple, and to the point. This audio will be up tomorrow if you can't listen to the whole thing. Available on iTunes, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Let's just get right down to it. Monday Night Raw did take place from the Thunderdome. Four days before the WWE draft. And I got to admit, this was a pretty highly entertaining show. Why, you may ask? Because we saw a ton. We saw a new leader of retribution. We saw the WWE champion pinned. We saw a big-time turn tonight. So two big turns. We were, we're really gonna talk about it. There were some bad. That's gonna happen in a two-hour show. If we're just going to be, if we're just gonna be honest with ourselves, that shit kind of just happens. Let's just be realistic. With it, it happens. I'm not the world's biggest fan of it, but you know what, though? It does happen. And there's really not a whole lot we can do about it. But, but that's okay. But that is more than okay. But And Facebook really kind of changed us up on us here, guys. I don't understand why. I don't know what to do. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do, I do? Ooh, 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 ooh. Hold on one second, guys. I apologize greatly for this. Okay, no, I got it. Huh? But very highly entertaining show. Let's just get right into it. The new leader of right. Re- Don't forget, leave questions and comments as well. I wanted to make that perfectly clear as well. We have a new leader of retribution. His name Mustafa Ali. If you saw that coming. Raise your hand. And here is why. And here's why I thought this. And I'm not going to sit here and try to proclaim, hey, I know everything. Because I don't. But I was sitting here thinking about it tonight while I'm, I'm like, flipping on, like, 16,000 channels here. And what really, like... On to me was the fact that we ended up seeing. We ended up, we ended up seeing. I thought it was going to be somebody else initially. I'm thinking, oh, it's got to be this person, it's got to be this person. I'm thinking like five different names initially. And then I'm like, you know what? I think it's going to be Ali and this is why. Because I remember that whole mystery hacker gimmick on SmackDown. And I'm like, there's got to become a point to where Ali has to do something. Because then he just mysteriously goes the Monday Night Raw. And you're like, wait a minute here. This doesn't seem right. Didn't seem right at all, and then you're trying to figure it out, and you're like, "Well, what the hell are they going to do?" And he kind of just goes on Raw, then he's kind of just parading with uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, not Cedric Alexander, Ricochet and Apollo Cruz, and you're like, "Okay, where are you going to go with this? Like, where's where's the end game?" With all of this. Lo and behold. The end game. Was retribution. And I'm like. "Nah, They're actually going to pull this trigger. And lo and behold they did. And I'm like good for you. It's a smart move to do. And the reason I say that is. He was doing nothing. Literally nothing. What was Ali doing?
1: Nothing. Holding
0: in the mid-card. Picking his ass. And Daryl Rivera joins us. And Daryl, I want to get your thoughts, and we'll get more into Ali in a minute, but Ali is the leader of retribution. Good, bad, or indifferent? Because I think this is fantastic. I love
1: it. I love it. Just because I fought. It was a good way to reintroduce because he's always been like treading water and as a mid-card babyface, Like he's not really – like he's over with the fans, but WWE never never really pushed him. Gives him a new lease on life. I like him. It's out of nowhere. I didn't expect him to be the leader of Retribution. I didn't – I mean, I didn't see it coming just because he's been far away from this angle as possible. He did have that thing with with the Hurt business. But other than that, we didn't really see much of him with retribution or anything, so I like it. It's Very well. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Hopefully they don't screw the pooch on this one like they always do.
0: This is my only issue with what I saw with this. I wish he would have done it with Ricochet and Apollo in the ring. That is my only drawback to this because to set it up for everybody, Ali was facing MVP. They were going at it on the outside. Ali was daring MVP to get back in the ring. He gets back in the ring with Shelton, Benjamin, and Lashley. And then here comes – and Cedric Alexander was not there again tonight. So you can draw your own conclusions on that one. And I don't know, and I've asked. And then – Start flickering the the retribution banners hit and then here comes ah uh, here comes retribution blah 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 they're surrounding the ring herpet he's like what are you gonna do and Ali aligns with them rolls out and you can figure out the rest he tells them to attack and they beat the living but Jesus out of the her business which was the only thing to do now. I think it just would have meant more if we had Ricochet and Apollo. Am I am I being extremely nitpicky, or is there really some validity to this? I don't want to be nitpicky to this because I really like it, but I think there could have been a lot more to it.
1: I agree, uh, just mainly because this was basically a heel on a heel turn, which is okay. Like, the Hurt Business and Retribution are two heel groups. You have a baby face turning heel against the heel. So, kind of like, I like it, but at the same time, it would have had more impact if it, if Ricochet and Apollo Crews would have been there. Like, if Ricochet and Apollo, went once Lashley and Shelton came to the ring, they cornered them, Benjamin and, and Ricochet come out. Not uh, Benjamin. Ricochet and uh, Apollo come out. Three on three. Retribution comes out. They're like, hey, are you with us? Are you with us? And then Ali comes out, turns on everybody, boom, bigger impact.
0: Look, I was imagining they were going to do it. I'm like, if you're going to do this, it would make sense to go that route. But I am happy with the fact they did something with Ali. Because it always seems like he was the one so talented yet left behind. Like he was supposed to get that push with Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania last year. He got injured. Kofi Kingston stepped up right to the plate. Lightning hit the bot. Lightning hit the bottle. And here we go. And Kofi Mania went off and running. You know, it's always been, would he? He had everything to be a top guy. And it seems like if they're going to be pushing these guys, it seems like if he's going to be the leader of the pack, he's the one that's going to get the push. And I don't have a problem with that because I think he is extraordinarily talented and it is very good to see. And I'm glad he is finally getting the spot. I think he rightfully deserves. Yep. But hopefully he gets pushed to that level because he's got everything there. And I can imagine the promo he's going to cut next week is going to be full of V, which it should be. I thought extremely well done. They picked the right guy. And I, and I liked it. Because so right now they're in an upper mid-card feud. And I think that's a really good starting point. And then you can build up from there. But I thought a job well done, Look, I'm going to pick a guy. That's the guy I'm going with. For once, they did this right. They did it right all night. Except for two instances. And it happened in the same segment. So, and no, I have it happened in two different segments. But overall, that was a job well done. That's going to be the biggest thing talked about on the show i feel like but it was a job well done and f- like you said let's pray to god they don't screw the fucking pooch
1: my god i still can't get over the first time they revealed the names and everything let's make this and i'm i'm going to i'm going to speak on this a little bit just cuz i wasn't here when when they actually did this um when they revealed the retribution i almost threw my phone at the tv just mainly because of the names T-Bar, Mace, and I forgot the third one, just because it was so outrageous, but T-Bar. Slapjack. Slap- something oh my god, along. Slapjack. Slapjack. Something, something along that ridiculous madness. T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack. I wonder who was high enough <laughs> that created this name because they had to be high. It's like I know what to call that guy. Sure, it looks like a Mad Max character. Slapjack. T Bat T Bag. <laughs> Dio Madden. Are you calling Dio
0: Madden a D bag? Is that what you're trying to say right now? Are you calling Dio Madden? I forgot a
1: his bag? I forgot his name again. It was T T Bar. T Bar. not T Bar. Slapjack. I know Slapjack I, is I, I, uh, I Shane Thorn. I just I I can't believe this. I, said I forgot again.
0: their name. And I did it on purpose because the names suck. You could have done yes. better names. Just call them Retribution. That's all not I need.
1: Not only that, like you already announced online that, hey, they're these, they're these NXT superstars. It's Dajakovic. It's Mia Yim. It's Shane Thorne. It's Dio Moodin. Just call them that. That's all you have to do. You don't have to come up with T-Bar or Slapjack and the fact that they made him exclusive for Raw. And just they just pulled the right. rug right, right from underneath them.
0: Shit inside the joke. Yeah. Just like had to you, take that one out. You could have almost like literally killed them in one shot. But they didn't. They, they're keeping them strong. Which they should. Long as you don't cut them off at the head, these guys should be fine. Yeah, talent in the, the in-ring work will be fine. Now Ali can talk. So now you have a mouthpiece. With him being the leader of the group, I don't necessarily have a major problem with that at all. I think that's actually not a that's not the worst route to go. No. Uh, no, I think a job well done. I'm glad they went there. And now we can... Let's see what they do. And I think that's all we can go.
1: Now here it comes to me... The best they could have done on a dying storyline. Absolutely. I was
0: debating what the second biggest thing on the show was. Up until the 9 o'clock hour, it was something else. And it ended up being what happened with Ali. But the end of the show, this main event wasn't looking very hot. It was McEntire, Drew McIntyre and the Street Profits against Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and Randy Warden. Now, first of all. Man, it must be great to be Robert Roode. You can be gone six and a half months. And your first two weeks back, you get a WWE title match. Then you get to once again be in the main event of the show with Randy Orton and the WWE champion. Glorious. (laughs) You freaking said it. And... um. The match was it. just what I wasn't feeling the match at all. I'm thinking my, I'm like, okay, we already know what we're getting at Hell in a Cell. McIntyre has already beat Orton twice. What do they do here? To me, the only logical conclusion that made sense whatsoever was Orton had to pin McIntyre. And it actually happened. It's the first time Drew McIntyre's taken a pin since last year. So this means something here. It seemed like McIntyre was on his way to winning. It hit the Claymore on Robert Roode. Here came Randy Orton, RKO, bam. Not a good-looking RKO. McIntyre did a pretty bad job taking that RKO. But an RKO, nonetheless, a one, a two, and a three. And to surprise, surprise, the WWE champion gets pinned. We have a Hell in a Cell match which will be Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Now there's stakes. And, Daryl, we talk about this every week. What's the hook? What is the purpose? Now I have a reason to see hell in a cell because the WWE champion got pinned. That doesn't happen. It doesn't. I don't remember the last time a WWE champion took a pin on a show. Otherwise, WWE or Universal Champion. This is a big deal. I know some people are going to be like, oh, come on, Steve, it's a pin. But this means something. Now there's stakes to hell in a cell. I'm for it. I'm ready. I want, now I have, now there's doubt. Can Drew McIntyre overcome adversity and pin Randy Orton? Because now they each have a pin on each other. Who's going to get it done in the cell? McIntyre pin Orton there. SummerSlam, McIntyre won the ambulance match. He's technically got two wins. Orton's got one. Can Orton tie it up? I'm down for it. Let's fucking go. Get me inside the cell.
1: So you're saying Orton should win the title?
0: No. No. I,
1: okay. good God, I don't think so.
0: I know everyone, it's been reported Elsewhere, I haven't heard that at all. I haven't. I've heard a different plan that doesn't involve Randy Orton for Drew McIntyre. And the the destination is Orton and Edge at WrestleMania. They're going to run it back, which they should. And I don't have a problem with that at all because I think that and if we're just if we're using common sense, that's the right way to go. Yeah. But they for Orton to get this win here, Daryl, is huge. The WWE champion doesn't get pinned on a television show. They save those for pay-per-view. This was smart booking here by WWE. I don't say that often. I usually reserve that. But they did great here. That was smart. Now I'm interested in Hell in a Cell. Now I want to see if Randy Orton can follow up this win and win the title at Hell in a Cell. And can Drew McIntyre overcome adversity? I think that's the biggest hook going into this match. And you're even inside the Cell. I'm down for the cause.
1: Yeah. Same here. You can – honestly, you, you hit the nail right in the head. There's not much else I can add just because uh, this is the right move. You have to give Randy Orton credibility. He's lost the last two pay-per-view matches. He's coming off essentially a rivalry with Keith Lee that made him look like he might lose that as well. So you needed to give Orton a little bit of credibility, which is weird to say for a 18-year veteran, but it is what it is. It's the way they book themselves. Now you have the the champion losing it on Raw, getting pinned nonetheless, which is good. The smart booking. Now you got the hook. Now you got people wanting to see Hell in a Cell to see if Orton can do it. Plus, Randy Orton and Hell in a Cell is always entertaining.
0: Who would you get? And you brought this up, and now you have me, like, thinking about it. Would you give the title to Randy Orton since you brought it up?
1: No. I just wanted to make sure you weren't. Why wouldn't would take, you
0: give? Why wouldn't you give the title to Randy Orton?
1: Just because I think Drew needs it more. I think Orton should get, and I heard him talk about this, and I think it's an awesome idea. He should get three more title runs, so he can tie with Cena, and then have a a seventeen like whoever whoever beats the record. That just sounds <laughs> intriguing to me, but. Right now Drew has knocked it out of the park being the champion. I almost killed you there, didn't I? With tra- <laughs> choking up. Drew needs it as champion. I think he's done it well with the whole COVID thing and everything. No fans. Nobody has done it better than Drew McIntyre. He's been the MVP of the WWE. It used to be Oscar, but they she kinda lost Steam. McIntyre still hasn't lost anything. And I would rather see him come out of this whole COVID era as a champion throughout the whole thing because they booked them right. There hasn't been a Drew McIntyre booking that they have wrong so far. And in my opinion, if he loses the title, he loses a lot of momentum, which, not good.
0: The fact you just said – this is where you're gonna get. I'm gonna blast you.
1: By all means, that's all we do here.
0: I'm actually kind of awfully kind to you, Randy Orton. Mind you, he is 40. I know age is just a number, right? So I don't want to offend everybody. Three more title runs.
1: Three. I didn't. I said it just because of the idea he said. I don't remember no, what, what interview he said it. I, it. I know I know I said, said it. it. I'm saying I said it. You gotta own it. You gotta own it. I am owning it. I am owning it. But it's because the idea that he mentioned. 60 who's who are the only sixteen time world champions in history? Flair?
0: John Cena. Well Ric Flair's got like really about twenty. But anywhere yeah. between like nineteen and twenty two. Depends on and, what you wanna believe. The WWE the, mythical number 16.
1: Yeah, the same as uh, Goldberg's winning streak of 100 and whatever the hell it was. Hey, Which, come on.
0: That was the greatest winning streak in the history of pro wrestling. GTF, my friend. What
1: was the actual number, the though?
0: Break. Hey, I'm going with that number. Let's no. just come on.
1: They they Why bloated not? that number. They bloated that number to the sky. Anyways, that's okay. just because the that's idea w- sounded... That is, yeah, it is WWE. The idea Uh, sounded interesting enough that I'm like, you know what? I kind of do want to watch it. Cena-Orton was the rivalry between 08 and 2012. That was the rivalry.
0: That rivalry almost put me to sleep in like 2013.
1: Yeah, because they had nobody else. (laughs) They literally had nobody else. You
0: You did. I, I just always remember, and I know we're not even talking about Rob here, but Daryl really went off the freaking stupid reservation here and started talking idiotic. So I I have <sighs> to – we have to do an audible, and we, we'll circle back. This is what we do, and this is why we end up with our podcast. But no, also no one does it like we do. You you come out and say
1: – Cheers to that.
0: Three, three title runs. He's 40. Bill Goldberg held a title at 52. I didn't need to see that. Orton's at the top of his game. Could I be down for one more title run? Sure. Should he get at least one more? Absolutely. Could I see two? Absolutely. But to me, it is blasphemy if anyone... And God forbid, Daryl, I mean anyone, ties the great Ric Flair and breaks that record.
1: All I'm saying is it if you can Rick, go.
0: It is Rick freaking Flair, the greatest professional wrestler of all time.
1: There's no debate in that.
0: John Cena couldn't even tie one of Ric Flair's boots. Let's just be realistic. As much as I like John Cena, and I respect his hustle, I respect his loyalty, and I respect the hell out of John Cena, but he is not even close to Ric Flair. Neither is Randy Orton. If Randy Orton would have cared this much at the age of 40 as he did when he was 25 or even 30. Good fucking Lord. We can be talking about Randy Orton as one of the all-time greats. But Randy Orton coasted. He coasted on because there was a, not another game in town. And this isn't the fault of Randy Orton. Where or I can much more blame Vince McMahon than anybody else. Give could say the same thing for John. You can say the same thing for Batista. What drove guys like Austin, Rock, Foley, Michaels, Triple H, Hogan, Savage, Flair, Steamboat? Guys like that—they were motivated because they had someone breathing down their neck constantly. They had—they always had competition. Now look at fast forward to (laughs) 2012. Since the fall of twenty twenty of two thousand nineteen, Daryl, all we've seen is competition. That's all we've seen. And what have we seen? Roman Reigns has stepped up. Randy Orton has stepped up. Drew McIntyre has stepped up. Brock Lesnar stepped up. Bobby Lashley stepped up. AJ Styles has remained AJ Styles. A lot of the top tier talent in WWE. Has picked up the intensity. It isn't by an accident. Oh no, no, no. We're getting better matches out of these guys because of AEW. No one will say it. No one will want to admit it. But it's the goddamn truth. It is. Sad to say it, but it, and I know it's going to piss a lot of people off. But if we're just True. being honest with ourselves in the honest stream. That's how that's how it is, and and that's a testament. And give AEW credit, you know. You have to in a situation like this, but I hope that doesn't happen. I don't need to see Randy Orton.
1: All I'm saying is on the Ric Flair thing, because I do want to clarify this. I do think that Ric Flair is the greatest of all time. Anybody that the best that ever laced up a pair of boots, Ric Flair, second to none. That being said, records are meant to be broken. Happens in baseball, happens in basketball, happens in football, happens in whatever other sport. WWE wants to be a legitimate, they want to treat it as a real sport. Time to break records. Try time to okay. actually give them legitimacy. When Cena had the okay. title run to yeah. tie Flair, that made Flair even more legit. Like, hey, you tied Rick Flair. That's the greatest of all time. That's all I'm saying. Make it a mild stuff.
0: Okay, I got a question for you then. Sure. And I want everyone who's watching, leave your thoughts. Who should break? If someone is we'll – we'll run with Daryl's premise. He's not wrong. All records in sports are, more often than not, they're broken. If even though I think it's it's a sport because these guys do work and girls work extremely hard, (laughs) these bumps are definitely one hundred and fifty percent real. Who do you go with to break Ric Flair's record?
1: (laughs) You say Randy Orton? Is that correct? I do not. I do not say Randy Orton. I just said I was interested in the idea of this happening, but I don't think either of them deserves to break the record. I'm just saying they're the two closest ones, so the idea intrigued me. If there's anybody that should break it? Realistically, I don't think anybody's going to break it in the near future. Other than Cena and Orton, who are the closest ones? Because Triple H has 13, but he's done.
0: More or less, yeah.
1: No. Edge has 11, but Edge, I can't see him getting any more title runs. Styles is about to retire at the end of his contract, which is somebody that you could have given it to.
0: He's not even He's not even close. I think he's in yeah. like.
1: He's two. Three. Two, three. three, yeah.
0: If I had to pick one. He's, I would go with John. This is why I'd go with John. If you're someone's going to do it. Just because the way you've promoted John Cena. Remember when Cena beat The Rock. And look at what they did. And I know people are going to be like, oh, it, just, it didn't do nothing for John. That 24-month period. Did so much for John Cena. It is ridiculous. If John Cena doesn't have that 24 month run. With The Rock. There are no big action movies. We're not talking about John Cena as a movie star. That that turned John Cena just from. An attraction. To. A legit mainstream worldwide attraction it did more wonders for him than people will ever comprehend and i said that to people when that happened i'm like listen yeah cena and i and i get people's uh, views on cena and i get it but and it's mostly wwe's fault they never really and that's always been their problem was when they don't see the future they get stuck in the present and they don't they don't think like they used to, and they don't think a year or two a year or two out in advance. It's always pay-per-view. Pay-per-view, maybe you get a couple-month cycle of where you know you're where you want to go. They don't do that anymore. Dave should have already thought ahead. Roman Reigns just really fell into their lap. Now, you got to start thinking, who's after Roman Reigns? To me, it should be Matt Riddle. I think Matt Riddle's got everything in blue under the sun. I would still run with Matt Riddle. That's the guy. Got every but you said you got him stuck with basically a freaking I hate saying mid-card, but a mid-card view with Baron Corbin. But it's just so interesting, and this is such a great topic. We're talking about this in the middle of the show. He's still got some, and we're kind of gonna dance around here a little bit. We're not gonna really break down the entire show. There's just a couple key things we should break down, and that's really it. And this is one of the things here, but It's would you go color. with? Because I just, I just think the mainstream attention, I think would just be astronomical. I really think it would be. Give him another cool. run with the I wouldn't, because it seemed like to me they hot shotted Cena and Reigns, so but that could have been so much bigger. You could have let that marinate. You could have been like, man, you could have built that for. You could do what they did with, you could built that into two WrestleManias. You could have had your two Wrestlemania main events and you wouldn't even have had to work All you had to do was fill in the store. You have to figure out just how you're going to get there. And when WWE has time, they do a hell of a job. When they have a storyline planned out so far, they don't miss. It's the one great thing about Vince. Even still, does not miss if I'm doing it I'm going with John Cena I'd like him to beat Roman Reigns and then I'd like Roman to come right back that following WrestleMania and I'd like to see Roman Reigns get right back at it and beat John Cena again I that's the way I, I would do it I don't
1: I actually I'm not even like saying that you idea
0: Cena, you can just have them beat each other one on you can have Cena just win. it could be non-title And Cena can get the title kind of whenever. Maybe Survivor Series or Rumble. Get them in a structure you know you're going to have them. Just like they did with Rock. Because both those pay-per-views do fantastically well. Will they do it? Probably not because they're dumb. But I just booked two years of storylines for WWE. Where's my pencil?
1: For a company that is as good at telling a story for a year... Long term storytelling, they really don't do it often. No. When they should. That's the part that's
0: so irritating. It's more irritating, more than anything. It really is. That's the part I don't understand. Because you have smart people there. This isn't the thing of where let's play stupid. There's smart people in that company. And I rag on that company. But god damn it, there's smart people there. There really fucking are. It's like, what are we doing? But I don't know. That's the route I would go. I don't know if that's the route they're going to take.
1: But we shall see. We shall see. He breaks that record and it gives him legitimacy to basically further a superstar even further. Like a key Lee, like Matt Ward mentioned in the comments, and we'll get to that later. But a key Keith Lee, a Bre- uh, Drew McIntyre, that can get him even more over than he already is. Absolutely. You got options. Adam Cole. But- you mentioned Adam Cole versus John Cena for the title. Really quickly. Did you watch TakeOver?
0: Yes. All I'm going to say, and we'll get more into NXT at the end. All I got to say is, hot damn, I love me to see some more Kyle O'Reilly.
1: Good fucking Lord.
0: We'll All get for into the end under- of
1: the theater era. I want to see a single smash okay. out of every single one of them.
0: <laughs> we'll get into the TakeOver near the end of the show. But let's get into, let's get into the other hot topic on the show. Murphy turns on set. You read that correctly. We saw it coming a mile away, but it finally happened. Two quick breaking news updates. The New York Yankees with a big five spot in the ninth to beat the Tampa Bay Rays 9-3. to And the Green Bay Fudge Packers. I said it. About to go to 4-0. Beat the Atlanta Falcons 30-16. to
1: I don't want to talk Packers.
0: 4-0, man. I know. I don't need, Especially after the Bears crapped about it. And I was like talking to my wife about it. and said, I literally forgot about it. So we're making dinner. We're in zucchini boats today. I don't know, and you ever had a zucchini boat?
1: No. that sounds good.
0: All Like you take... Man, because my neighbor gave my wife, like, this really big, huge, fat zucchini. Oh, my God. I've never seen a, a, a size of the zucchini in my entire life. And she's like, hey, Steve, you know, you got a She wants to oh yeah. So, it's like you cook the zucchini. You put it in the microwave. put it in the oven at, at like, 350 for, like, 15 minutes. And then, like, on well, the, the range, you do, like, uh, you brown, like, meat. You can, like, brown, like, turkey meat or whatever how we like turkey meat so we use we use that for stuff you do that you wait till you get it brown and you mix in some like mix in some like black beans some pinto beans some garbanzo beans and then you put in like spaghetti sauce and you kind of you know you just kind of make it it together blah 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 and after the 15 minutes you take it out and then you put all of that in and like you stuff it and cuz the way you cut it you got to cut it just cut it in half but cut it like a kind of like a taco shell so you kind of get, you cut it, you stuff it in, you pop some put some cheese on there, and you put it in for let's still let the cheese melt. You put it in for maybe I think today I put it in for like seven minutes. Oh my god, man. I told my wife, I'm like, I told my like, dang, this is great. I was like, sign me up for zucchini boats. So while we're talking about this, this has kind of led me to where we're going, and I promise I was gonna get there. She goes, Thursday night, do you want to watch? You know, do you want to do pizza night for Bears Bucks? And I'm like, holy shit, I forgot the Bears are playing, fucking the, the, I the, Bears are playing the Buccaneers. And from what I saw on freaking Sunday, the Bears are going to get smoked by Tom Brady.
1: Calling it now. Literally, Tom Brady just chopping the Bears defense up. It's going like this. Constantly, just. You get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown over here. I'm going to try to throw an interception, and then it's going to go right between their hands, and it's going to be perfect.
0: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the life of me,
0: I tried to watch. I hit it on a split screen. Because I'm, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan before the Bears. The Bears can – if the Bears and Cowboys play, I'm it's Cowboys all day. <laughs> but I was watching that sh- that horrible game, and it ended up being a hell of a game. And I'm watching Tom Brady just – have a horrible first half, and I'm like, "Man, I'm like, what the heck?" And I was talking to a reporter friend of mine out in Tampa. I'm like, "What the hell is with Brady?" And he just goes, "Relax." He's like, "Wait till the second half," and I'm like, "All right." What did Tom Brady do in the second half? He lit the Chargers up like a freaking Christmas tree. Good lord!
1: Literally flicking touchdowns around.
0: Him. Oh my god, he's what 42, and is flicking 40. it. Isn't it, man. How old is he? Okay, we're going to Google search here. How
1: old is Tom Brady? Brady is 43. Tom Brady. I'm going to do an old
0: Google search here on the. Tom 43. Brady is 43. He turned 43 on August 3rd. He's going to light that. He's going to light them up. He's going to chew be, them up, spit them out, Rivera.
1: He is. Tom Brady's the same age as my father.
0: Not bad. I, mean, I, bet but I bet The only difference is I bet your dad's not slinging footballs to Mike Evans.
1: Or he's not slinging the football to you. No, he was no. a lefty, you know. He was a lefty. Could have been Michael Vick, but he decided not to.
0: Michael Vick, Kenny Stabler. Before your time,
1: Kenny Stabler. Tim Tebow. I don't remember Stabler. Wow. Tim Tebow. Wow. Tua Very Tango nice. Bailoa. <laughs>
0: Let's get to Murphy turning on Seth. I don't even know how we got off because the game, the results happened like right at the same time. And I'm looking kind of, I'm looking up at my TV right in front of my uh, desk here. Um, it's a one good thing about having a TV in your office. You're able to still, I'm somehow still able to function. I didn't at the beginning of the podcast, though, because that really had my attention. And I greatly apologize for that, but that was very riveting. Um, Murphy turned on Rollins, and this was really kind of what we saw coming because earlier in the show, Murphy and Rollins teamed up and they faced uh, Humberto Carrillo and Dominic Mysterio. Actually, a really good match. I was actually very entertained by the match. I love what Carrillo is doing for Mysterio. He's giving Mysterio confidence. And the one thing I see from Dominic, he's getting better and better each week in the ring. For someone just really thrown into the fire here, I'm very impressed of how composed he is. And its I'm going to say that it has a lot to do with Ray. But Dominic still has to go out there and handle his business. And I think he's doing a great job of that. But you can see during the match, Murphy and Rollins are teasing dissension. Carrillo does a tope through the ropes. And then make it back in. Then they're arguing. Rollins like, you can't do it without me, blah, 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 blah. So they're, they're tussling and they're fighting. They're arguing like a bunch of squirrels. And it's down to Murphy and Corio. Murphy gets the pin. A beautiful Corio went to the top. You should have seen this V trigger. Oh my god! Looked like Corio was going to have the match. One Murphy pops up, gives him a flying V trigger when Carrillo is in the air. It was so amazing. It was somehow Carillo did not have a concussion? I asked. I'm like, is Corio okay? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, they're like, was it that good? I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. That's the best V trigger I've seen this year that was amazing. And then Rollins wanted an apology from Murph. Rollins is like, You got one hour. Come out right at the top of the nine o'clock hour, 10 p.m. Eastern hour. Comes out, tells Murphy, Hey, you gotta give me an answer. And he's just goading him and going, I made you. You were law. Lo- I picked you up. I picked you up from a milk carton. You were lost. You were nobody. Murphy turned on him. He's kicking his ass, beating him up with the kendo stick. Rollins is begging off. Rollins is like, no, 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 no. And then he, Murphy made Rollins apologize to him, made him apologize to Aaliyah. But Murphy fell for the tricks of Seth Rollins, dropped the kendo stick. Boom, Seth Rollins went for the eyes. Rollins beat his ass was about to go get a chair, and here came Aaliyah Mysterio. Tending the Murphy Rollins over in the ring. Dominic came to the ring. The Mysterio Ray came to the ring. The wife came into the ring. They got her out of there. Wondering what she is doing. I loved this. I loved every second of it. I don't know why. I was kind of like, eh. But when this happened, Daryl, I was a boom, boom, shake the room. This was well done. And a great job. Now Murphy's out with Rollins. I think we're going to get some great matches from both guys. And this is Buddy Murphy's time to shine. And so far, Buddy Murphy's doing a great job. I like the program. Seth is going to bring the best out of him. And hopefully this helps Murphy get to that next level. Because he's got everything you need. To be a got to be a big time player. He's getting a shot now. Hopefully he makes the best of that opportunity because I think he can really do something if
1: given a if he's given a fair shot. I like, like you mentioned, I like the segment. I like how it unfolded. The only thing I don't like, and this is not because of what happened today, because today this segment was great. I'm just sick and tired of watching Rollins and Mysterio just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Dominic Mysterio needs to get away from this rivalry because all he's doing is he's improving, good for him, but he keeps getting pins, pinned by Rollins. Get him away from it. Him and Roberto Carrillo could be a good tag team. Get him in the tag team picture. Get him a couple, you know, some exposure and everything in tag team matching because I think that will help him out. I am, I'm just done with the Mysterio-Rollins rivalry. I'm done. I've been done for like two months now. And they just keep pushing it and pushing it. I dig the idea of Aaliyah and Murphy, but at the same time, I'm like, you didn't need it. Rollins has been treating Murphy like shit all year. You didn't really need Aaliyah in this. You should have just done. Let's have Murphy cost Rollins a title, like whatever, a match or something. And that's when he turns on Murphy, and Murphy just comes back and kicks his ass. That's how you build a babyface, not by getting sympathy of a family that's been getting tortured by the Madman that you were following. I'm just done with the material angle. Give a break so he can go take recover his injury, whatever the hell he did now, because he has an injury every now and then. Get him off this rivalry. Get Rollins something else to do. Rollins versus Murphy did not need the Mysterio name in this rivalry. They could have done great without it. That's the only thing I hate. Everything done today was great. Don't get me wrong. They did it great. But at the same time, done with it. You want to rate, You want to get Dominic Occhio to actually be a WWE superstar, get some credibility, get him away from Rollins because he's just going to keep losing. That's the only thing I didn't like.
0: Okay, okay. You seem very no, I agree. I I've it's but it seems like they're pivoting away because it seems like it's gonna be Rollins and Ruby, which I'm fine with. I, I think that there's nothing wrong with that route. I really no I don't think there is. Um as long as I don't see Seth and Ray and Seth and Dominic. I don't need to see any of that. If they, if you just keep the focus on the in-ring work <laughs> with Seth Murphy and kind of what's the deal with Aaliyah, okay, and then I'm cool with, with that. But, I like, I agree with you. I'm not cool if they do that nonsense of them in the ring. I am not the world's biggest fan of that one. But, no, I agree 150%. Now, should Murphy be the one to get gain more here from Rollins? Should he, should he be the one to win the program per se?
1: Yeah, because I can see if McIntyre wins the program at Orton, the McIntyre Murphy program would be pretty fucking good. I never thought of that. I think outside I the box. Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. I
0: I honestly never thought of that, to be honest with you. I I really didn't. But no, that's not wrong. I think that's not – to me, that's not the worst spot to go. If we're really going to be honest about it, it's really not. No, and I think it's a very intelligent idea. But the question is, to me, will they do it? You know how they think as well as I do. When it comes to doing the right thing, more often than not, they don't do it. In this situation, you think they do
1: it. I wouldn't be surprised if they have Murphy versus Rollins one time, and then they ship Murphy to SmackDown. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. It would suck because I think this is a three-match storyline at best. Murphy and Rollins, they could go for a while. Carry it to Royal Rumble, McIntyre Murphy. Boom.
0: I hope they do it. That's just me. One, and let's talk about some of the let's talk about some of the misses on Monday Night Raw. The biggest one to me was. The, tech, the, the women's tag title match Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax against the Riot Squad, not the Right, but Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan. The champions retained. They teased Ascension throughout. Like, they were going to – one was going to turn on the other, which I, it's eventually going to happen, I think. The way they played dead interaction with Nia Jax and Shayna, I thought was really good. I was actually a fan of that. That's about all I was a fan of because the in-ring work was piss poor. It was god-awful when Nia Jax is the best talent on your team, get Shayna Baszler out of my ring. She needs one year. She's bad. When she's just doing some of the, like the knee, like the V trigger and she's doing the clutch. Okay. I'm good. Anything else? If she's not talking, she's not throwing a knee. She's not throwing a rear naked choke. Get out of my ring. It's all she can do. You have to be able to talk. and This is the day of age where you have to talk, and you got to go back it up now in the ring. This isn't the old Hulkamania days to where you can talk to real people in, and they're always going to come back. You try that now, the people aren't going to tune in, and the people are not going to come back. This is a totally different age. It's a totally different fan. She's awful. I don't want Shayna Baszler near my TV. Period. This storyline needs to end. I would like to see Shayna Baszler down in NXT. That's where she belongs. She belongs with the beginner class of the Performance Center. She's got a lot of work that needs to be done. She got here because she's friends with Ronda Rousey. Plain and simple. Let's just be honest about it, everybody. Let's just call it like we see it. I don't want her. And I know people, and I'm high on her talking. Her talking is great, it's first class stuff. But everything else, when Nia Jax is the best damn freaking talent on your team, you are in trouble. And poor Ruby Riot worked very hard, Liv Morgan worked very hard. But there are times you cannot turn chicken shit into chicken salad and that did not happen here. This sucked. I'm tired of seeing it. Why is Shayna Baszler still here, Daryl?
1: Why? I don't know why, but reading that gave me a headache and I don't... (laughs) Shayna Baszler... Here's the thing. I got a headache
0: now that I had to talk about it.
1: Shayna Baszler was in my opinion, she was really good in NXT. And it's because she, the way that she worked, it was, they worked to her strengths. And that's what WWE doesn't do. They don't work to italic strength. And that's where they miss on a lot of NXT guys, because that's what Triple H does best. For as much as he gets, Triple H works to the NXT talent roster's talent. So they're essentially to make him look the best it can. When they come up to the big leagues, main roster, heavy quote-unquotes, they do stuff that makes them change him, takes him out of the comfort zone, and now we're seeing what we're seeing with Shayna Baszler. Keith Lee, right now he's still over because he's Keith Lee. But WWE, they changed his, th- like the, his song. Which is still a big deal in my opinion. They changed his attire. They already tried to change him right away. Same thing happened with Ricochet. Same thing happened with Finn Balor. You can the lit, the list is long. Like if I start going over every single one, we wouldn't end the night. This podcast would turn into a three hour podcast, we will lose viewers by the minute. Just because people would get depressed the and they're like, All right, I'm done watching WWE. explain that you can even say the case for half of the guys that left WWE that were good in NXT Bo Dallas for God's sakes Biggie Biggie was a single star in NXT that could have translated into the WWE they made him a freaking heater behind Dolph Ziggler then they had him treading water for the for like three months and then they put him in New Day and they hit they hit a home run on that, but they never really gave him a single split, which is something he needs. This is the same thing, and I know I'm going a little out of bounds here, which I always do, but it's, I'm, it's the point I'm trying to hit with Shayna. Shayna, they played to her strength in NXT. They made her look like a UFC badass that can kick anyone's ass, because let's face it, she probably can. It's legit. She can legitimately choke people out. So she's trained to do, play to that. But WWE did not do that. They tried to make her more and more and more. Didn't work. Send her down the, to NXT.
0: The worst thing that happened to her was Paul Heyman getting canned because she was on her way. He, the whole Bucky Lynch program, which was going well. And then things happen with Becky and Becky ended up getting pregnant and kind of changed changed things up a little bit because that was gonna be the, going to be the destination for her and and that would have been big and I think that just Becky getting pregnant and then Paul getting canned just didn't help her because Paul saw the vision Paul hit her weaknesses very well and it's it was his that's his staple is shine on your positives, wipe out the wipe out the negativity, and that's always what he's done. He was doing it with her, and then we saw the rest. And and even Paul Levesque, when you, like you said, you brought up NXT. And you're a hundred percent correct. Paul Levesque did the same thing. You get up to that main roster, man. It is swimming with the piranhas. When you're swimming with piranhas. And the piranha with the big bite is 74 years old and has got no idea what the hell he's doing and can barely see left from right. You can see the conclusion after that. But I thought another really good thing, and I should have brought this up. I'm mean, we kind of bouncing back here was the segment with Kevin Owens and Bray Wyatt. I kind of did a recap of what happened last week on SmackDown with Alexa Bliss and confirming she is aligned with the fiend Bray Wyatt. They're supposed to face off on SmackDown and Owens wanted him to come out tonight. we got a Firefly Funhouse. I loved it because the talking was good. Owens, the intensity was there. He wanted Bray to come into the ring. He wanted him to fight now, saying he's not Alexa Bliss. Then you had the whole Firefly Funhouse and then it Bray White singing about being friends. That was awesome. I thought great I was like his singing was about me in the shower but that's okay though and it had like that bird the buzzard killing the puppet and I thought that was great and then like I like how like then the fiend then he turned into the fiend and said he's the one of this and I will see you Friday on Smackdown and the segment was great I'm looking forward to the match I think they're having it way too soon, but hey, who am I to, to call BS on something? But I am looking forward to SmackDown for more than one reason beyond the beginning of the draft. I'm looking forward to that match. I think that match is going to be fun. Yeah. And the talk got me there. You gave me another thing. You gave me stakes. You gave me a reason to care. Now I care about Monday. I cared from Friday to Monday now I care going into Friday. I can't wait for four days from now when I see these two in the ring because so I think it's going to be very good.
1: And there's something Kevin Owens is very—I think he's one of the best at doing. He's one of the best superstars in the roster that can get you invested in an angle, whether he's a heel, whether he's a babyface. Either way, he can he can grab a mic and he can get you invested in the angle itself, no matter what he does. Because he kinda Kevin Owens is that character that kind of like he doesn't completely open the curtain to backstage, but he gives you a little peek. Like today, the line was why why do so many tortured souls come after me? Like, why are they why are they all aligning coming after me? And it's kind of like WWE booking always like throwing them against Kevin Owens. And I kind of like that. But he has this uncanny talent of essentially getting you invested in a match. And that's always been his M.O. Kevin Owens will get you invested. And I think this could be a really good feud for The Fiend, especially since The Fiend is, apparently is not getting a rematch for the title anytime soon, which is a good call. you got to yeah, give I'm him something very, to do. Kevin Owens a very, is a good thing.
0: A very baffling – well, SmackDown was great. Like that ending with Roman Reigns, the Jey Uso Roman Reigns stuff was great. It's fantastic. Those two are just knocking out of the park. So I actually have no. I wasn't. I thought this was gonna be that was gonna be a one and done program. Apparently, it's not going to be, and I'm more than okay with that. And um, but no, you're right. You know, the destination for Bray White is Roman Reigns. I'm and I'm there for it. Get get me to. Let's see how you get there. Is I think that there's a lot of meat on that phone, and hopefully, we get that sooner rather than later. But, like you said, it's going to be good stuff. I'm looking forward to it on SmackDown. I just, I'm glad they're, they're doing stuff smart. Why am I going to watch? Not sold on the draft? Okay. We're going to give you a little more, and we'll talk about the draft in a few moments. But another thing I really wanted to touch on really quickly because I'm not running down this show. Yeah. We're not going to do anything. We're going to kind of. We're gonna start doing these recaps. I didn't even tell you this because I was thinking about it as the evening went on. I'm watching the show, and I'm like, you know what? We're gonna start just highlighting goods, talk about some bads, and then we'll just we'll just move on. What is going on with Lana? Oh my god. For the third week in a row, this poor woman got some moment dropped through a table by Nia Jax. I will give Lana credit this week. She fought very valiantly. She fought her (laughs) hardest. She succumbed once again to the Samoan drop and threw a table for the third week in a row, mind you. Man, they are putting her through the tour. They're putting her through the the ringer for her husband bashing Vince McMahon on national TV. Yeah, you know what? Your husband's going to say this. Boom. We're going to squash it like a fucking bug. But you know what, though? wanna gets the last laugh. You want to know why, Daryl? You want to know why? Why? She's oh. cutting one hell of a fucking paycheck. And if you tell me you're going to pay me a half a million a year to take Samoan drops through a table, you know what? Bury my ass for the next four years. I will take every Samoan drop. You could throw me through barricades. You could throw me off the top of the hell in a cell. Because at the end of the day, I know my check is going to clear once a month. And you know what? I'm okay with it. They feel like they're burying her. And in all honesty, they are.
1: But she's taking it like a champ. She's taking it like a champ. No, go go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say here.
0: I wonder what the conversation is like with them. When that show is over, and they're sitting, God, to sleep next to her would be wow. It's moving, my friend. Let's settle down, there, big guy. We we don't
1: need we don't need a, an appearance from little Stevie here.
0: Oh, there ain't <laughs> nothing little <about> it <laughs> I wonder what that conversation is like when she's in her 90s and the big, mighty Bru- Rusev has the Bulgarian brute ready for it to get at attention. But then Miro remembers, God damn it, you opened your fucking mouth and you're getting your ass. And she's like, You better settle down, big boy. It's because of your big fucking mouth. You keep getting me put through a table. I wonder if they have that conversation.
1: By night, Jack's out of all people.
0: <laughs> there has that, to be heat. There has to be heat on her for that. They are, no one deserves that three weeks in a row. Maybe one week cool. What are you doing, three Daryl?
1: I, I think what they do is they're in gorilla. I can I could just picture Vince McMahon just with the with like a detailed. All right, Miro said this this week. Lana, come here. All right, so he said this, this, and this. You know what that means, right? Out of nowhere, here comes Nia Jax walking behind her. You're going Samoan drop tonight. Again.
0: (laughs) Get my mic on. You're worse. God, I fucking love you. Because that is exactly... I can imagine how that's... Lana! Come here, honey. This is what you're going to do tonight. Because your husband has a big fucking mouth, you're going through another table, and not just from anybody, but someone who can possibly kill you. Come here, Naya.
1: I just, I just hope to God that Miro doesn't say anything else, because I think this is getting to like Naya. Jack's is going to get up a ladder. She's going to someone Drop her from a ladder, and that is going to get even.
0: I'm supposed to talk to him in two weeks. It's a No, it's a mural. I've been trying to interview him since he came to AEW, and I'm finally getting it in two weeks. And Good. oh God, it was it was more of a hassle than I even expected. But and that was on my end. I was kind of tangling my feet there, but that was that was on me. But we finally got it done, and they were a little slow getting back. But we got it done. I'm gonna ask him that. I think you have to. Yeah. Because you, if we know that's punishment, he's got to think that in his mind. She's got to be getting to the point like, man, yeah, I'm collecting all this money. But goddamn, your big fat mouth got me in a lot of trouble here, and I'm getting my ass kicked every week. Because what else? She, that was the worst thing to happen to her. I don't know why she resigned. When he made it clear he wasn't, I, I, this is the part that boggles my mind. Why would she have made that decision to resign? They're a package deal. He's great with her. She's great with him. She could have gotten, yeah. But man, you got to tell me I got to be away from my wife. Like right now, it's fine. Yeah. They're, they see each other every day, except on taping days. And I have to imagine Orlando's not far from Jacksonville. I imagine she's going with him. I'm just going to take a guess that she's not going back to Nashville. I imagine they're they're staying in Orlando or they're staying in Jacksonville or somewhere in the middle. I'd have to imagine. So imagine they're seeing each other just about every day, which is – but she's got four more, four more years of this. And one more good thing I do want to say about this show: Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. Now, I love how this came about. Braun, was, Adam Pearce was on the phone. Here came Braun. No raw underground. This is because a lot of the guys have tested positive for COVID or have been. It's either by it's because of COVID and for the fact that they were around. They were, were with people that did end up getting COVID, and they have to quarantine for 14 days. So that was that is why there's been no RAW underground. He Braun said he's looking for a fight, and the Pierce is like, I can get you an uh, you're a SmackDown guy, but what I can do is I can give you an unsanctioned match, an exhibition per se, where it'll be unsanctioned. Bronson he's in, and here came Keith Lee strutting that ass. And Keith Lee said, I am in. And oh my God, Daryl, I couldn't tweet that any quicker. I couldn't tweet that any quicker. I didn't even turn back on football. I didn't even, I kept it on full screen. And now I'm going, doo, 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 doo. oh my God. That was fun. It was hard hitting. And it just kind of ended. It was basically at no contest. Strowman put Lee through the barricade. They're a they're battling. Keith Lee gets the advantage, throwing him through the, the LED boards and spears Strowman off the ramp and through a table. Hot damn, sign me up. You're keeping Keith Lee strong against the, the former champion. This is a great move. You're making Keith Lee look great. That's what you need to do. I have to imagine Keith Lee's getting. I think I don't know, but the way things are looking, Keith Lee's going to be getting Drew McIntyre sooner rather than later. And, and I'm down for that too. But hey, you tell me, hey, you give these two no DQ, put them in this cell, sign me up. I want to see some hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are awesome tonight. That was fun. Ton
1: of That's fun. something Something I, I got to re-watch because I haven't seen much of that. Oh, wow. I did see the result. I did wow. see the. I saw your tweet, and I'm like, if D's tweeting about it, it's a big F in there. Because I have to watch. You, you rarely tweet know. in excitement on WWE.
0: I don't tweet in general about whether it's UFC, boxing, or MMA in general, or wrestling in general, I like... I'll usually subtweet. I'll quote tweet. I'm a big quote tweeter if no one has noticed. I'm a big retweet guy, too, but... And I dare. I deleted over a 1,000 people off of my Twitter today that I was following. That's about right. I today. I was just like, man... I didn't went back completely, and I still got a decent amount of people I'm following. I was like, man... And I was talking to the wife about it, and I'm like... She's like, why do you got all these people? She, when we were sitting here talking about it at breakfast. She's like, how many of these people? She's like, I was just looking at your Twitter last night because she was bored at work and there was nothing going on. She's like, how many of these people on Twitter do you actually like see on Twitter and interact with? You know when she thought when she said that, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna wipe a lot of this stuff out today.
1: And it's always good. It's always a good Twitter cleanse.
0: I hadn't done that in years. Oh my god, in years. And I showed her, she's like, whoa. She's like, you actually took, you actually listened. And I'm like, shit, the kids played, and I just I started deleting. But um, no, I'm definitely down for that program. I think they do it, I think it's gonna be great. Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, but you gotta give me a reason to tweet. I don't tweet during because she's like, Why don't you ever tweet during UFCs? And I'm like, if something you have to get my attention. <laughs> Nothing on Saturdays. UFC caught my attention. I didn't watch Takeover until this afternoon, and I loved the open to the show. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that show in a minute. But I liked what we saw though, and um, it was a good RAW. I have to say it was. And I don't tweet much about the show because I more often than not it's horseshit, or you have to get me really pumped one in one direction, and they did that today. And hopefully it just wasn't because you had two Monday night football games and you had a major league baseball playoff game with the new, with the Yankees and the Yankees always draw. And we know that. And you had high caliber Monday night games. You had the Patriots and the chiefs get the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes and you, the Patriots are the Patriots. You had Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Packers and the Falcons and, the Packers are going to draw Aaron Rodgers, one of the best players in football. So hopefully, it's not because of a stacked, loaded sports lineup. Hopefully, it was because they're trying to do things the right way. And I'm going to stay positive this week. And I'm going to go that route. Yeah. I mean, it was. Well, my question for you is do we get a good
1: rod next week? I mean, with the draft, yeah. I'm just confused. And I know we were going to. There we go. Now we're gonna talk about this. I, I texted you this morning. I'm like, "What the hell are they doing with the draft? Because they haven't either. I haven't been paying attention, or they haven't been clear enough on what they're doing. The future is like the future of draft. I, that's what they would what, what I heard Tom Phillips say today. The future of drafting, whatever the the phrase was. I didn't really see it. Heard it well in the video I saw. But what format are they following? Like, is this a reset, a roster reset? Is it like old school where it was a random selection? But it's not because they already had, they're teasing who's going to be the number one draft pick. Like, what are they doing?
0: I don't know.
1: Do they even know what they're doing? No.
0: I wish I could give you
1: an honest answer. I wish I knew. I oh, trust me. I missed. I I hope. I, I miss the days, and I texted you this earlier. I miss the days where it was a random thing. You would have a superstar from Raw, superstar from SmackDown. They would wrestle. Whoever wins gets a pick. Randomizer. Boom. And love- then they would have. I love that because it was a surprise element. You never know. The music hits, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like the whole like closing and then this guy that was awesome great it was awesome stuff now you include nxt in the mix take my money take you got my attention that was episodes that would draw me into it why they ever took it away i will never know because that was money that got wasted maybe because the talent pool got very very small and they didn't have anybody but now your roster is massive you have too many guys to deal with and girls. Do it again. This is great. Bring it mm. back. Don't say, mm. oh, who's going to be the number one pick?
0: Full fucking no. We don't even know the rules
1: yet. What do you mean who's no. going to be the number one pick? If I... Am I, like, are we drafting rookies here? Are we going to just plug somebody from the University of Minnesota? Oh, this is going to be the next big thing and throw them in there? Lesnar. Are we poaching from other from the other brand? Like, what's happening? From what we saw already, NXT is not included. Which, originally, they tweeted out that it was. They
0: made a big gaff yesterday. I don't know if it was yeah. intentional or what, but they had it out for a little bit. I saw people screenshot it. They pull that quicker so you can say hello.
1: Their social media is not all oh,
0: their social media is a hot mess. <laughs> I don't know who runs it, but they probably they're probably fired as of yesterday. I remember last year's cluster I went and this is I'm glad this pandemic is going on. Because a year ago when this happened. It was the second show on Fox. After the big debut in, at Staples Center, you had Brock beating Kofi for the belt. You had The Rock and a great segment with Becky Lynch. The following week was in Vegas, when they were doing the draft. And they were doing a press conference when they were announcing Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. And they were doing – they were going to have Les- – Lesnar was there with Braun and blah, blah, blah. I remember being there. There was an event here in Chicago. It was with the debut of uh, Usyk, Alexander Usyk against late replacement Chaz Witherspoon, who's supposed to be Tyrone Spall. Um, They're like, hey, I got a press release and they were like, hey, can you go? And I'm like, well, it would have to be for the day or I'd have to come back Saturday morning. There's a show here. And they're like, well, can you fly out? And I'm like, wait a minute. We got someone in Vegas. Why am I going? I'm like, whatever. Press conference was cool. We got some good shit with Fury and whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'll go to SmackDown. My God, people hated that draft. My God, they shit on it. I just remember being people around me like, what are they doing? They were talking about what you were bringing up. Why don't we go back to the old days? That's how – now you're just determining it by matches? This is stupid. Nothing big happened. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of two hours. It was nothing more than a ratings grab. And the fact they've been so vague about how they're doing this draft is very scary that I don't think they know what they're doing yet. They said, hey, the the draft's been known for – Fightful Select first reported it, I think it was like two months ago. I think it was like sometime in August, like around, yeah, it well, was sometime in August. It's been a, it's been over a month, maybe two. And they, I don't think they know what the hell they're doing. All we know is what's going to be on the show. It's going to be two nights. First night's going to be on SmackDown this coming Friday, and then it will conclude on Monday's Raw. That SmackDown will also feature... The aforementioned Kevin Owens against the Fiend Bray Wyatt, and man, what money they are wasting here! Sasha Banks and Bailey for the women's title. I said that. That,
1: that wanted me that as soon as I saw that announcement, I wanted to just drive my head through a window, not a wall, a window, a fifth-story window.
0: Now I'm gonna hold out hope here, and I'm for some reason I'm in an internal optimist mood today. Maybe it's something in there. I think somehow that match is not going to happen. Or, one of them is going to, or Sasha's going to Raw, and they get this to WrestleMania. I'm holding out hope for that. I don't know. I actually really don't want to know. I don't really think I'm going to be asking anything this week. Just because I want to be surprised, because I think the the draft can be fun. When you don't know what's going on, so I think they do the match. It's not going to be long, and then somehow Sasha's going to get drafted to Raw. Somehow she's going to end up on Raw, and those two don't see each other. Sasha Banks wins the Royal Rumble. She goes on to WrestleMania and faces Bailey and becomes the women's champion. I just booked another storyline.
1: We should Chuck? get a job. We should get a job.
0: I can bu- I can book this in my sleep it wouldn't take me long i can write their storyline to wrestlemania give me about 6 hours i can book from now until wrestlemania
1: see but from it's
0: and all and a lot of the other top people
1: just give me
0: the, give me the pencil we, and i'll i'll type i'll give me the pencil or give me the computer and i'll type it the, i'll make it happen
1: i think it might be cuz you know you and i know what the fans want cuz we are fans we're not just some people that were writing for some soap opera on Channel 5 that magically is like, hey, can I get a job? Sure. Come on in. You're going to be a writer. (laughs) Fuck. Dean Ambrose said it. Oh, sorry, sorry. John Moxley said it best. Your creative process sucks. Fix it. This isn't hard. It's not. And we're not bashing WWE because we enjoy it. We're bashing WWE because we miss the way that things used to be. WWE draft was one of the things. They had, they had. To the make format. it more di-
0: You make it more difficult than it needed to be. Nope. This doesn't have to be. I'm looking forward to the draft still. We, we have some things cooking for the draft that we'll formally announce on Wednesday, but we, me and Daryl have been discussing some shizgin' it about what's going to be happening for Friday's draft. So we will get into that on Wednesday's podcast. Before, let's do... What were your thoughts, Daryl, in NXT TakeOver? It take place on Sunday night. From the Capital Wrestling Center. Yes, I said it. The Capital Wrestling Center, CWC, which is what was formerly the performance center in Orlando. And first of all, Daryl, what did you think of the Capital Wrestling Center? can
1: I'm, tell you on a reel.
0: <laughs> you got that like a look in your eye like motherfuckers.
1: For the sake of my of my uh, stress because I do want to sleep tonight, I'm just gonna say it's more of the same. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was a thing that happened. As for the name, they're running out of names because I'm sure this was a thing back in the day before I was even alive. It was a thing.
0: Yes, it was when it was under Vince's dad, when it was under Vince Sr. They had everything out of, it used to be called Capital Wrestling before it was ever called the WWE. It was under Jess McMahon and then with Vince's father. and That's how it all came about. I had no problem with the concept. You want to call it the Capital Wrestling Center? Quote. I thought the opening the opening was fantastic. I'm an old school guy in that sense. I thought it was really cool to bring that nostalgia in there and kind of make it full circle type of thing. But the setup and everything, I could have done without. I, I, I hate it. I like the intro, but I just really wasn't the world's biggest fan of like
1: the Shit. whole presentation of being an in individual. Should have just had a Thunderdome-like. Like, I know the NXT can't go to the Thunderdome because of the whole COVID thing, but just have it something like that. I mean, I don't know. WWE just loves to, like you said, complicate things whether they have to be. Ask the card for itself. It's a takeover, man. It's awesome stuff. This is the stuff that you want to watch. It's wrestling at its finest. Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, my God. If that was a better grade than A+, I would give it. That is wrestling at its finest right there. Kyle O'Reilly is a stud. He needs more singles action. He lost some teeth, which is great. Balor almost getting his jaw broken. Made it look like a legit fight. That's awesome stuff. That's what you want to see. I enjoyed it. I think I saw the main event about three times now. (laughs) And I've enjoyed it. Like, while I was at work. Just because I was bored, I'm like, all right. Let's watch the main event again. Why not? No, it was very fun.
0: It was fantastic. There was nothing wrong with that. The show was stellar. The show was fantastic. I hate it. I hate Velveteen Dream. And I yeah. liked that match with Kushida. Kushida came off like a mega star. Oh, my God. O'Reilly and Balor. Even at, like, the end. I'm not the world's biggest Ridge Holland guy. But at the, the ending made sense. There's some doubt is, did Fish and Strong help Ridge Holland? Are they going to align with him? You know, you got, some, you got some stuff cooking there. And the Undisputed Era was the main focus at the end of the show. And every match The women's title match was good That little scenario with Gargano I thought was well done Damian Priest to me, oh my god Yeah, Gargano You're in it with Johnny Wrestling How one went from Punishment Martinez To this, I did not think was possible It didn't That's a testament to him Oh my god It's a testament to him I'm going to give him 90% 90% of the credit, and I'll give the other 10% to Paul LeBec. Hell of a job. Hell of a job. But no, every, like you said, it was a takeover. It fucking delivered. And hopefully, that may be the last time we have to see the scumbag, the, ch- the pedophile known as the Velveteen Dream. I took great pleasure. I'm not going to lie. Journalist hat comes off for a minute. I'm glad that motherfucker lost. I took pure joy out of that. I wish it was for real that he was breaking his arm. Wish it was his face. But I'll take what I can get. And from what I'm told, there's a lot of unhappy people in that company that the fact they've even kept on this long. So we will see what happens. But I would be very shocked if we see the Velveteen Dream in WWE ever again. I was really do. I would be, I don't know anything, but I just know a lot of people were very up, are still upset the fact they've kept him this long and the way he got his ass handed to him at the end, at the end of that, at the end of that match, makes one to wonder either he's gonna be out for an extremely long time. Or that was kind of his bon voyage, per se.
1: That's great. All you can say is as soon as you saw, you know. As soon as Kushida finished, you know, doing his betting, all you could say is, great. Now get his ass off my TV. I don't want to see him again.
0: But on a really good show. If you guys have not watched it, please do. It's definitely worth, it was like two and a half hours. It was paced perfectly. My God, I had fun. Even my four-year-old, who's kind of been getting disinterested in wrestling, sat and watched that main event with me. He's like, Dave, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, come here. And he sat there and he, watched. he Actually watched. Now I do have to make a side note before we get to on this day. I have my my soon to be sixteen month old. He loves him now. Some pro wrestling. Kid was enamored awesome. with. Her. Oh my god! He, I was telling it to my wife. He's just looking up. He's just man, he just sat there. To get a sixteen month old to sit for more than two two minutes it was a victory. And I think I just recruited a pro wrestling fan for life, hopefully. Now, you have an awesome I, – I think it's awesome. We will end awesome with an on this day, Darryl Rivera. Deliver it to the fans. The people want to know, what is the on this day for October 5th?
1: On this day. On a raw, on an October 5th in the evening. Stone Cold Steve Austin was in the middle of rivalry with Vince McMahon and showed everyone what the doctor would do if you forgot to pay your bill. Showed up. Vince McMahon was in the hospital bed with a broken leg that the undertaker broke. Then the nurse was like, can you take it away, doctor? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I got it from here. Just beat the living hell out of Vince McMahon. And one of the most, and I think Bruce Pritchard was the one that got interviewed for this, that said this was completely, shoot, we did not plan this. It just happened naturally. Because Steve Austin is a G and, in my opinion, one of the greatest wrestlers of all, like charismatic wrestlers of all time. Grabs a bad pen and just whacks McMahon in the head. One of the greatest moments in Raw history happened on October 5th. I believe it was 1999. 1998. I will correct that. 1998. Thank you. 1998. You were still in I, first. I was two years old, for God's sakes. The- I, I was right. Still in not the- <laughs> I didn't understand what happened here for another like 12 years. And you just nailed the word of Boom! The pure sound of the bedpan connecting with Vince McMahon's head. And I cool. love how I texted you, "Hey, I got a fun one to say for you." And all I had to send you was just the picture.
0: That <laughs> was amazing. I literally I spit up my water on the on uh on my leather uh couch. I gotta there.
1: see. I gotta see if I could find a picture that I sent. You. My
0: son's like, "Are hey, you all right, Danny? <laughs>
1: like,
0: yeah, man. I'm like, I'm good. On it. I just saw something funny.
1: This is the picture, that I sent Steve, hey, on this day. So amazing. So, man, one of the funniest guys I remember,
0: it was clear as day. And if you guys have not seen that, go to the WWE Network and go to the October 5th, 1998 version of Monday Night
1: Raw. If you guys have not seen that, how are you here?
0: I don't oh, know, man. My God, I remember that. It, literally, I can – I remember that whole – scene. I remember that whole show because you had, like, make – we had the debut of Mr. Socko. You had oh, the, the clown. I forget. Was it Blippy? It's like Blippy the Clown I, I it or was something Blippi along the way. Yeah, Blippy the, yeah. the Clown. He hated the clown. <laughs> it was like we, it was the birth of the hardcore title. It was just, oh my God. This It was such a. Just in that room. Then it was capped off by with Austin and Vince in the bedpan, but oh, I remember that rally. It was so vivid in my mind, and just, you would not get that today, and it's just so depressing. In fact, I just laughed for like five minutes about it. It is fantastic, but no, but that is a definitely a great on this day. Keep them coming, Daryl. That's a good job, man. That's a good one for today.
1: Yeah. I, the challenge is yeah, so-
0: not call oh, them. Anything else happened uh- today, Daryl? Was that, was that the main...
1: Want to I mean, want to just let everybody know the main event of that show was the Undertaker beating the Rock in 12 minutes.
0: That's when the Rock was when he was fiending the babyface turn. He yeah. was babyface for about a month and then went. That nah, was about two. I take that back. By this point, he was two. basic. He was a tweener, but you consider him a baby. He was in yeah. that run. I don't remember. I'm, now I'm gonna have to watch that when I'm done. Good job. Good lord.
1: WWE Good Network, Uh 2015, oh, Monday Night real. Raw. Where the main event was an open challenge for the U.S. title. John Cena beating Biggie Langston for the U.S. title. Yeah. It was alright. Yeah. Yeah. But not
0: when Biggie was prime time yet, like he is now. He had to be a member of New Day to get there, but okay. Anything else, Daryl Rivera, for for today or is that it he's frozen I froze him I went All right, we will start reading the questions Daryl is frozen Matt Ward I am hyped for this episode recap well Matt Ward I hope it delivered for you my friend thank you for leaving some questions here <laughs> they didn't crap the bed tonight. No, they did not. For once, they did not. Oh, we lost Daryl. Okay, Matt Ward. Ali is the leader of Retribution. makes so makes so much sense because of the hacker gimmick was his hand motion symbol. Yeah, you know, I never even thought that when he did the hand motion thing at the end of the segment that. Good observation, because a lot of people don't remember that. And when he did that, it made you, it made one think of that. So, no, very good job there, Matt. No, I agree with that 100%. I think Ricochet is a member. There was a member in a hoodie that had their hands in the hoodie. You couldn't tell who it was. You know what? And this is where I think this holds, and this could it could be the case, and I don't know. Remember when Ricochet was in the segment with Apollo and they were with the Hurt and Ollie and they were with the Hurt Business and they were in the back and you could see the look on Ricochet. Like he was contemplating what to do. And I think maybe, maybe, maybe we see Ricochet as a member. I wouldn't be too surprised. I know a heel turn has been discussed for Ricochet. Just don't know how he would be as a heel. All right, let's get Cena to break Flair's record, and Cena loses to a star like Keith Lee or Ricochet. And we just talked about Ricochet. See, that's if you're gonna if. If you're gonna have seen a break the record, which I think if you're going if there's gonna be a guy to do it, I hope it's John. It's gotta be to a guy who really needs the rub. Not a like what they did with The Rock, and but I know what they did because it made a ton of money. I would like to see Keith Lee. I think they they would go with Roman. But I think Keith Lee, I just don't I think they just don't see the value and ricochet that we do for one reason or another to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but who am I? Cena wins the rumble challenges, Reigns, Cena beats Reigns and Reigns wins money to bank to get the title back. Hmm. For this to play, it's just what's going to happen with the fans. It seems like WrestleMania is going to go back to Tampa. And whether we like it or not, that is likely to happen. I don't know if that means they reverse course and they go with something else. I don't know. I just really haven't asked not going to lie. I've kind of really been off the grid when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So I've just kind of stayed away. But it is interesting. Very, very interesting. I don't know what... I just don't know what they would do. I just... I really don't. And I think... I'm actually pretty interested to find out to see what they would do. Sorry about that. I just don't know. I really... I like the idea. A two-match series with them, I think, would be the right route to go. I just don't, I think they're just too afraid to pull the trigger because they feel like it'd be copping, but I really don't think it would. Can we get Dom and Humberto versus the Street Profits? It would be fresh. Seems like they're going with Ziggler and Rude, which I'm fine with as a placeholder program. But if this is like an eventual thing, say two, three months down the line, hey, hey, I'm down for that. I'm, I think it would be good. I think get a little more experience for Mysterio. Have Curio be with him. I think Dominic will be just fine. They brought Shane up too quick because they wanted to have Shane and Rondo versus Charlotte and Becky. Oh my God! Yeah, they they brought her up way too soon. She was nowhere near being ready, and that's on them. She just wasn't ready. But if we're really gonna be honest about it, I really don't think she was ever ready. She wasn't. I think if we're for just being honest about it. She is who she is. At the end of the day, and I don't know if you agree with this, Daryl, but she is, she, is. she is who she is. She is who she is. That's all Shayna is. What she was at NXT is what she is now. Just not getting – she's just been exposed. She – it's unfortunate because I think her, she's got a ton of charisma. But in this day of age, you've got to be able to do more than a throw and knee. She's not The Undertaker. She's not Bill Goldberg. Where she can just do she can hit the she could play the great, or even Hogan. You can play the greatest hits and you know it's going to get a reaction. She doesn't have that cachet with the people. And it is she is what it, she is what it is. She is what she is. Right. More questions. So does Sasha went on SmackDown and Bailey get to the Raw to take the title from Osaka. Huh. I'd go with no. Just because you want – you don't want that big moment, and it's not in defense because it's SmackDown. You just don't want that on TV. You want that for prime time. Prime time is WrestleMania. You saved that. It. It's a WrestleMania moment. It really is. Let's hope they don't get stupid. And don't no, I could see Sasha winning the belt from Osaka, and yeah, I can, or I think that Sasha's going to be the one going to Raw. I don't see Bailey losing, I don't see Bailey going to Raw. I do see Sasha losing, or it is to no finish, which I think is the right way to go, and then she'll go, she'll get drafted to Raw.
1: Okay, I think the plan that you laid out earlier. Where she gets trapped to Raw, she wins the Royal Rumble, and she's the one that goes on. Huh? She chooses Bailey to defend the title against her. That's the way to go. Typical WWE, you book yourself into a corner. This is the way to get out of it.
0: I like how you say it. They always, but they, it's just this thing, they always do this to themselves. They always book themselves into a corner when you don't need to. You know,
1: every week, every week, they find a way to do it every week. There's a reason the 74 year old man has to rewrite the show three hours before the show even happens. You're not wrong.
0: You're not wrong, my friend. That's all I'm going to say about that. You're not wrong. This is how the draft goes, according to Matt Ward. Raw gets three picks for, for SmackDown, two picks. That's how the draft goes. I did not know this, Matt Ward. Thank you. I must have missed that part. Where I probably fell asleep, or yeah, I probably almost fell asleep because I was getting insomnia from hearing By- Byron Saxton's. Uh, if you want a cure, ladies and gentlemen, please listen to Byron Saxton.
1: I almost oh, I almost man. fell asleep in the wheel.
0: Sheeta the face priest at the next day over. I would not be opposed to that.
1: I just got really excited just just sharing the possibility of that. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I am giddy. Would love the match, but I don't want Damian priest losing anytime soon. I would save that for like to take over like the weekend of the rumble. I love that. I love that idea though. I, I, and... The big guy gets moving. When he sees that though, I will admit. Huh? It does make it does make it move, DY. It does make it move. I'm not opposed to that idea when the big guy starts moving. Alright. You said you had one more on this day. Before you, got, before you had some technical issues. What is the room last on this date?
1: We have one more. 2008, a young heel, Christopher Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for the world heavyweight champion. He, tweet, he Instagrammed a picture this morning saying this was 12 years ago today. That was one of the most heated, realistic-looking rivalries in history, in WWE history. Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in 2008. When they had the heel turn, the, hey, I'm not hurt. I was faking it. I used it. That's the time that we <laughs> lost Jericho-Tron. That's the last time we saw the Jericho-Tron on the actual highlight reel. After that, they started getting a set of chairs. They started getting bar stools and stuff, and being really cheap. And but yeah, that's a good understatement. Also on that card, No Mercy, two thousand eight. was the card? Triple H defeated Jeff Hardy for the WWE Championship, and The Big Show defeated The Undertaker by knockout. It was hey, back Chipper. when Big Show, Big Show beat. Um, Floyd May- or Mayweather
0: Or Floyd Mayweather beat yeah. Big Show, yeah, at WrestleMania twenty-four. Yeah, that was the first pay-per-view Lynn got exposed to. We were dating two weeks, about two weeks. Let's see, five? No, not even week and a half. Mm-hmm. And she was all in on Jericho and Mike. She's not a wrestling. She was Attitude Era. And now she'll just kind of like, she'll like watch like if, because I have it on and she'll ask some questions, but not often. Wow. She was all in. I explained the whole program to her and she was invested, especially when Jericho like hit his Michaels' his wife and that whole brew. brouhaha, how that program started. That was a fantastic program. And the next time I interview Chris Jericho and I can get more than like 10 minutes I can get like 30 minutes with Jericho. I would love just to kind of break. I would do a whole podcast just on that program with him. I just think that program had so many layers. It was only supposed to be a match on Raw. And that program just went do, 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 That was some great work from both guys. Both guys are on the top of their game. They were heavily invested. That was a ton of fun, my God! I love, I love that type of wrestling. I really, 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 really do. That match was fantastic. By the way, Michaels was injured in that match; had a bad knee going in. My God, Shawn Michaels is a freaking trooper. Now I, nah, I want to go see Shawn Michaels wrestle one more time.
1: But they, man, go watch, go watch 2008 uh, No Mercy. <laughs> that was a pretty good, good. watch
0: it while I'm working I'm gonna have to turn that out of that's gonna have to be up on the old t v in front of me here I think that's gonna nice. be a that's gonna be a must watch for tomorrow man that match was amazing but we will end with that there's no better way to end than with that I thought that was fantastic
1: that's I got great. I do have one more you you got one more okay one more a couple things before I release this one a couple birthdays on this day Terry Runnels oh. his birthdays today and Ooh, DJ Z.
0: <sighs> Terry Reynolds, all you have settled down. <laughs>
1: and then, <laughs> uh, not, the guy to, guy attention. not to bring the positive to the negative, but on this day in 1997, we did lose Brian Pillman to a heart attack and drug overdose. But the that last was- thing I will, so rest in peace.
0: No, it has to be brought up. That was a... That was a rough one. I remember, I didn't even know about it. This was kind of like when it was dial-up internet and AOL. I remember that shit. didn't even know about it. And I didn't know about it until, because, man, when I was in high school, man, I had a job. I was making five fifteen dollars an hour. My God. Jesus. I look at it like I was talking about We were talking about that at dinner today, and I'm like, we were talking about, uh, just like, she wants all this stuff done. Man. Don't get married, Daryl. For everyone out there, all women want to do is spend your damn money before it's even made. So think about that for a minute. And and I'm like, man, I remember. And I said, that, I'm like, I remember starting making, my first job, I was making $5.15 an hour. Man, I was so poor. I was 16 in 1997, and I remember we ordered the Bad Blood pay per view. He was supposed to face Goldust. It was a great program with him and uh, but Pillman and Goldust. That that whole program I thought was really good. And by that time, it was the 30 days was up with Pillman and Marlena, and she had to be with him. But the hook was going to be she was going to stay with Pillman. And that's how they were going to do the program, which I thought was pr- going to be, for the time, really cool. And I remember, like, during the pre-show, I had all the buddies over. Everyone chipped in the $5. We're scarfing down some pizza and pops. And you see Vince McMahon talking about it right at the beginning of the, of the pre-show and then right at the beginning of the pay-per-view. And it was just like, oh, man, this bites. This is not fun. Like, we still had fun, but it was like, man, it was just a bummer for, like, I remember we, was like, and I was talking about it with a friend today, one of my buddies who was here, and it was just like, we were talking about it, and I'm just like, man, I just remember it was such a bummer, it was such a buzzkill. You having fun, it's a pay-per-view, you're with your boys, we were 16, we loved wrestling, we were all hardcore, and it was just like, man, that was like a big kick to the testicle It really was. The show was good. The show was okay until the main event. The main event was fucking amazing. The first hell in a cell. Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. It's gotta be. It's gotta be Kane.
1: That's gotta be Kane. That was my last on this day. It's gotta be Kane. It's all good. It's all good. We brought it up.
0: I just always remember
1: that call. He's walking down
0: with Paul Bear, and I'm like, I've always felt so bad for JR and Lawler. Cause and whoever was in Gorilla on the headset, having to hear him get so loud like that. Hopefully they like had the volume cranked it down as low as they can go, as long as they still heard him. Because I heard stories, he was damn loud, popping eardrums every time he did that my God. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be Kane. Oh, my God. It's the brother of the Undertaker.
1: First man to ever break the Hell in a Cell before. It was the first Hell in a Cell. Just break the door down. That's cool. It took him a while, too.
0: Yeah, it took him a hot minute. The match was great. Oh, my God. Shawn Michaels was... The best worker in the world at that time. Oh my god, it was, and he showed it in that match. And Taker more than held his own. Michaels dropped from halfway part of, up the cell. I remember, bloody as fuck. Holy cow! I mean, one of the match, he one like went up, and he's just like, oh. match was awesome. It's the debut of Kane. I don't think we. I remember being six. I remember being satisfied with it at the end of that show. It was pretty, it was an exciting, that wasn't like the beginning, you knew. And then what we got three weeks later with the age in the cage. You know what? We should do a podcast on that in a couple weeks.
1: Age in the cage.
0: I think we need to do a. I think that whole entire show, that Halloween Havoc 97. I think we need to do a podcast on that. Okay. I want to shit on that match. I want to shit on that because that pay-per-view was awesome. Until that match. That was, that pay-per-view main event was one of the worst events in the of their program. And people wonder why WCW the bed. It ended with that main event. It started with that main event and just continued. But, that is it for today. Thank you to everyone who has watched. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. It, you know, you guys are really making this train move. If you're watching via Facebook, Facebook Live, it's simple. Leave a reaction to the video. Don't leave any questions or comments. But more importantly, like the walkway to fight club and follow the Facebook page we're we're on Twitter. We're at walkway fight. We're on Instagram, the walkway to fight club, all in lowercase letters. If you watch it via YouTube, it's simple guys. Subscribe to the channel, give it, give a thumbs up to the video and leave any questions or comments you guys do have. We're also, this will be available tomorrow morning up on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, any of your favorite podcasting platforms. It will be up then. Daryl. How can the fans
1: reach you, my friend? Right here on Twitter, go 21 And then on Instagram, Daryl17Rivera. Spelled uh, right here. It's one R and one Y or one L. A lot of people have been spelling it two R's and two L's. I don't know why. Uh, but, I'm yeah, it's right it. here. The simplest way. simplest I way never, to spell it.
0: People are a bunch of idiots. I didn't know. You, I never knew Daryl had two L's or... Two hours. That's interesting. Yep. You'd be surprised, oh. my man. You learn something new every day. I can be found at S. on the Twitter machine, and then I can be found on Instagram, S. MMA. We will be back on Wednesday, recapping the Wednesday Night Wars AEW Dynamite, WWE NXT. All shows should be great. I'm looking forward to Wednesday night. For the handsomest man in the room, D Y Dale Rivera, I am Stephen Mielhausen. We will see you Wednesday night. Peace. <laughs>